Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. Are you looking for lesson planning materials to kickstart the new term? We've got you covered. The Day is a global online resource that turns the news into lessons. We're offering listeners a free resource on Andrew Tate that you can find on thedaynews.co forward slash Tate. Inspire personal development and critical thinking for your students by downloading the Tate Debate today and feel more confident addressing sensitive topics with your class. Visit thedaynews.co forward slash Tate to find out more. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Good evening, edgy folk, and welcome to Education Tonight. Um, As every week, uh, Brent will be joining us in a moment alongside Adam, who I believe is fighting his way back from a parents' evening, but he will be joining us as well. Um, I think this evening's chat is going to centre around robots and are they going to support children coming back to school, those who maybe are struggling with their attendance. So that'll be an interesting chat this evening. But whilst we're waiting for everyone to join in, I must remind you of our delightful sponsor, Edapt, who are not your typical trade union, but a modern apolitical alternative. They are independent and they specialise solely in supporting teachers. Um, Should you ever need them, you'll be assigned a professional caseworker. I mean, hopefully you never do need them, but they are there indeed if you do. Uh, There's also 24-7 mental health support and they're just... Uh, there for hopefully, you know, never needing them, but things happen. Anyway, if you want to know more about them, you can go to edapt.org.uk. I can see that Mr. Brent Poland is in and raring to go. I'm sure full of energy as always. Good evening to you, sir. How are you? <laughs> I like the way you describe me. Full of I am a little bit of a jack-in-the-box, aren't I? Yeah. I'm knackered, but I still have enough energy to do an hour and a half show. So uh, even on my reserve sort of battery, I'm, I'm still going, you know, I hit the scene. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how you need to share your secrets. It's a bit like uh, people's skincare regimes. What is the secret to high energy, Brent? Tell us all. Well, I think actually I'm, I'm waiting for the diagnosis. <laughs> I think I've got ADHD that's been out oh, Welcome I think, to the club. Yeah, I think, you know, my wife's a clinical psychologist and I, I, I sort of hit upon the idea a couple of weeks ago to go, look, Lou, I've got to put this, put this out here. Do you think I've got, you know, ADHD? And it's like, 
really? Um, said it a couple of my colleagues, and they're like, let's see, deadlines, mm, arbitrary. Like taking instructions, arbitrary. High energy, arbitrary. You know, but I look at all, and I did one of those tests, and I take down it and go, oh. Dear God, I've got practically everyone per timekeeping. Yeah. Uh, and I've got the classic sort of. But, you know, somebody said to me, he says, well, why would you want to get a diagnosis? Of? I said, well, to be honest with you, I'd like to understand. I'd like to understand why I have a brain that goes 110% to the dozen. But then other times I go into hibernation mode and I could sleep for, for a couple of days. And, and it's strange. I, I find myself um, at times sort of a really, really, really sort of high energetic. And in our times, it's, it's just like finding my motivation is difficult. So it's just it's like everything. Would... Yeah, I, I hear you. It, it, it all checks out. And certainly, I mean, I was also diagnosed as an as an adult. And it. I think people go one of two ways with it. They go either kind of look back on all the sort of maybe missed opportunities when they were younger or they really roll with it. And they're like, oh, OK this all checks out and i kind of went that way with it but um, it's your superpower now. yeah i mean yeah well exactly but anyway so this evening brent tell us that we've got some robot chat <laughs> we do um there's a couple of couple of really good stories that i want to have a look at about and i want to tie as always tie a couple of threads together about the positivity around in, involving technology in classrooms and a couple of new stories coming out of america japan and even the UK, where um, robots have been used to re- reduce anxiety in the classroom and get kids back into the classroom, which I think is a bit of a, an irony, because I think one of the reasons why a lot of children are anxious and having a lot of fears in the world is because of the use of a lot of technology. So there's a bit of a technology. Possibly. Yeah, technology solving technology. We did. We touched on this on Weekly Review. I think you were you were there for that one. So it's going to be good to, to expand on that. I, I think. think so. And then there's another side of it, which I think I, I want to have a look at, at the negative side of it. And, and this is where my sort of uh, spidey senses are tingling when I look at recruitment and retention. Why are, they, why are they not so keen to resolve the recruitment and retention issue? And, and, and I don't like this, this feeling. And I know the historians among, me, among us would, would probably see where I'm going to go with this. And maybe I might be a bit of a Luddite. But are we on the verge of being potentially replaced? I mean, are we, you know, are we a generation away from the fact that teaching will not be the same profession and that we will be assisted by, you know, a robot or replaced by a robot? It's assisted or replaced. Interestingly, so this formed um, a large part of, uh, tooting my own horn here, a large part of my show on Tuesday. Um, where I had this this exact discussion, and uh, Nihad actually said that he thinks that teachers are the ones that will be able to stick it out. Our role will just be a little bit different. He thinks it's the doctors and lawyers that are going to kind of go bye bye first. I mean, just uh, that's that's a take. I mean, I would like to think that we still have a job. I mean, I I, I don't I don't know. But isn't that the thing? Is is it are they there to assist us? Or are they there to replace us? I mean, I'd I, I hope that they're there to assist us because I do think, I mean, I um, I spent um, last weekend at, at a conference um, and a major, a major political party and they were the first to bring in an AI policy. And, and the, the basic gist of it is, is that we need to make sure that this is not going to be used to do people out of jobs or destroy parts of society, i.e. not be going to be manipulated in order for nefarious, you know, cost-cutting exercises in order to to basically to turn the bottom line. And I don't like the way our education system is heading towards monetization data 
um, you know, cost cutting and, and trying to do things on the cheap. Because for me, you know, a good member of staff is worth, you know, worth a lot of money because the things that they do just cannot be quantified. And, and I think that's our unique selling point, which then brings us back to what we want to be doing. Teachers Talk Radio is saying we need to make ourselves, you know, as teachers, indispensable. We, we need to make sure our practice is, is good and and is irreplaceable by something like an AI. So it's kind of what is our unique selling point as educators? You know, it cannot be doing data. It cannot be doing the menial stuff. It's got to be, you know, sitting down with a child and reaching out human to human and complimenting ourselves. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's our unique selling point. And I think, you know, what we need to do is, as a profession is not sort of um, get bogged down too much into the, the day-to-day stuff and actually hone our professional skills that we still retain, I think, the pastoral side of things. I think the relationship is so, so important. Um, For sure. But do you think, Brent, that there's maybe a danger there that, and I'm just devil's advocating here, that, I mean, our role is already hugely pastoral, whether you're primary or secondary. And uh, I know you talk about the many hats that we wear, and I Mm. I use that, that analogy as well. But do you worry that maybe, you know, it will almost become entirely pastoral, that our role won't necessarily be academic as such in terms of sort of teaching and learning it'll be more just so children don't miss out on that nurturing element that social element because I know during um COVID what we what we learned I mean we knew this for many children already but school is for some children their safe space yes I mean we end up um facilitating and coaching then rather than actually being the educator in, in the sense that uh, the educator then is the AI or the the computer program I mean, my, my daughter tonight, I was, I was, I was starting to read. It's amazing when you have your, your child read back to you something that you used to read to them. It's a glorious moment when you think, I used to read that to you. Now you're reading it to me and, and then spelling out the phonics. But she turned around and she said, there's, there's this app, and, and I won't mention it, obviously, but there was, there was, she wanted me to direct me towards this app, which, which then would track her reading. And it sort of made me think, oh, gosh, this is, could be a really good thing or equally this could be dangerous, but at the same time, you know, it's getting me to interact with her. But a child being read their book by their parent is something that is very, very, very important and something that was done for me. I, I always remember my parents reading reading to me the, red, the bedtime story or the Celtic myths and legends. Uh, and in that aspect, you know, an app doesn't change that. An app shouldn't change that. That, that parent to child reading and then the child reading back phonetics has helped i have to say the primary school are absolutely phenomenal the way how quickly they can get kids to read i'm 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 an absolute awe of how quickly within the first couple of years um the amount of progress that primary school makes and i think secondary school could probably learn a bit more because one of the problems i always find with secondary school is i don't see the kids that often i see them maybe once 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 a week and i'm trying to teach them history once a week i think the way we do secondary school needs to change and the way that we're losing a lot of learning, it's not efficient. I find secondary school just very inefficient. Whereas when I've taught kids two or three subjects, the way you, you guys do in primary school, I find that I've ended up sort of getting more progress and building a better relationship with those children and getting to know them a bit more and building a better relationship. And I think that's maybe where we have to move to as well, of just how we organize our schools, how we organize our curriculum. Um, because I don't think we build upon good relationships. We, we We've got far too many teachers teaching far too many children and they're not really getting into any great detail or even building those positive relationships that you certainly get at primary school or equally when you have this positive relationship with your own child when you're reading a bedtime story to them because in essence it's like my football coach was one of my greatest teachers he actually was a teacher 
But I think of what my football coach used, coach used to teach me. He he taught me a lot more than just football. He, he, you know, I remember once he was he, the way I used to walk, and he was like, "Why are you walking like that?" And he would he would like put your feet in like that, or you know, we'd be taught life lessons. And and I think there's good teachers out there in society. I mean, that's the thing. And and I don't think we sometimes tap into that in schools. And and, and robots can't replace. A robot can't replace my my old my old football coach. A robot can't can't replace some of my best teachers, and certainly a robot can't replace me. You know, talking to my child and reading with my child, and that what worried me about that app. And I thought, I wonder how many other people just go here. Here's the app, rather than a child to a parent. So, it's it is a, technology should be there for to be used by for us and by us, but not replace us. If that makes sense, because that's a robot. The sci-fi, isn't it? Oh my word. We're getting the cycle, but I see Adam. You have arrived. Hello, hello. How are we doing? At uh, my uh, my survival pack was a tube of Pringles, a coffee latte, and a couple of bottles of water. I managed to kind of smash through it as, uh, as quickly as possible. Quick blast down the A thirty eight, and here I am. So good evening, everyone. Hope you're okay. Um, good, good. Just getting just getting set up, kind of. Um, you know, blasting in. So I heard you started talking about the um, AI robots in the schools. Yes. So Lucy and I had a good good chat. Her her Tuesday night um, um, show had a really good couple of features on this as well. So if anyone listen listen back to that, um, I did have a a quick look at it myself. I thought it was a bit of a crossover. Well, line, it was inspired by you, Brent. It was your quote for sort of education to suit themselves, and it kind of grew out of out of that. So it's kind of your fault that show. Uh, was my quote? What was my quote again? Oh, that everybody wants education to suit to order to suit themselves, wasn't it? Yeah, and I know it was kind of linked to sort of other things as well, but it also I think is one of those uh, sort of sound bites that has a kind of that you could take in many directions, which I did because yeah, that's uh, well as I think you're going to kind of delve into the this evening. Uh, sort of, you know, is it? Are we are we kind of entering into that situation where you know children can kind of build their own curriculum, they can do it from home, and uh, we are all going to get sent out to pasture? <laughs> yeah, I mean, with that, that's a, there's a bit of a theme in the last couple of weeks because we've been looking at some of the um, private schools who've just basically said bye bye GCSEs, and 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 they they basically sorry not for us. So there's an element of already you, you're seeing more parents homeschooling their children, and they're saying bye bye, you know. Um, current curriculum and and I think with the technology that is available with the I think with the amount of ex-teachers out there as well I think there's a lot of freelancing going on there's a lot of private tutoring happening and it's quite interesting you, you could basically take a child out of mainstream education and probably have enough uh, people around with enough skills that they could probably do a decent job of teaching that goes back to what I'm saying about if we're not careful I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are just basically saying, well, why am I sending a child to a school? And all the school's doing is telling my child to sit down and wear the uniform correctly and, and curtail their you know their freedom. I, I almost hit upon the idea our schools have become um, industrial, but in a post-industrialist world. And I think there's a definite massive disconnect when everything keeps saying about, you know, how children learn best. And, and yet our schools are asked to put so many kids into a classroom. And the only way it seems that you can actually teach large numbers of children is to revert back to more traditional type of, you know, front facing desks. I had the quandary of, do I turn my desks around sideways and go for group work type desks? But then I realized I'm not the only teacher that uses my classroom. And I was receiving complaints from other people saying that behavior was difficult when the children weren't facing front. And I, and I thought, oh my gosh, 
a wee behaviourist? Am I back to behaviourism? Am I now, you know, children can only concentrate if they're front facing. If it's too much, you see what I mean? We we are almost we're we're almost regressing, is what I'm suggesting in school. And yet society is moving in one direction and talking about AI and talking about robots being used. And yet there's parts of the UK where I think our education system is stagnating and, and, and almost ignoring all of the, the evidence and just going, this is what this is the best way to crowd control. This is the best way to do behavior. This is the best way to keep control of what's going on. This is the best way. And, and, and you're seeing all the evidence of what's happening to kids with SEND. And that means there are a lot of children out there who just are not feeling that they want to be in school because the way school is organized, the way school unfortunately has to be organized because of budget cuts, lack of teachers, class sizes, is everything's leading us down into a, a regressive Victorian style education system, and yet we are living in a post-industrial, you know, super high-weighed uh, knowledge-based economy <laughs> where creativity is what we need to be giving our children, and yet we have a curriculum which is discriminating against creative subjects. I, I find everything so disconnected, mm-hmm. and yet I'm going to do a story here about how we could use AI, and the first thing I'd say is, well, look, if you can get the AI to work in some of our schools, because yeah, how good is the internet access in some some schools as well? So there, there's there's a lot happening, and it needs a kind of top down vision. And, and and I would love to see technology incorporated a lot more in the school, but with the caveat that the the technology is there to assist. That's my thing. The technology has to be there to assist, not to replace. It has to be there to complement, not as a gimmick. And I think too often you see technology coming in. Much like you see, you it's all a really good post tonight and somebody was going through all the different theories in the last 20 years, BAK, um, three-part lessons, brain gym. You know, there's a lot of fads in education that come in. And is technology, is it the latest fad? Just like in the 1980s, we thought Japan would be ruling the world by 2010. I remember all those movies. Just like you think that, you know, China's going to be ruling the world in 2050. It doesn't always work out. You know, it doesn't always work out that we think the way it's going to work out. So, you know, Tomorrow's World was one of my favorite programs growing up. And I always used to tune into Tomorrow's World. And it's funny when you watch some of those episodes back, you see the old clip of something Tomorrow's World got right. And then you sometimes then see something Tomorrow's World did not get right. But sometimes they absolutely nailed it. The same as sci-fi movies from the 80s or 90s. You know, we talk about AI. And, and you know, we were talking about, oh my gosh, is, is the Terminator real? Are we going to have Skynet soon? And, and there are some visionaries out there and some, some education educationists out there who can see the future and can see how we can incorporate AI into the classroom to make it even better. However, are those the guys in charge of educational policy? Are they the ones going to be listened to? Is, are they going to be too late before, you know, we, we turn around and, and, and the, the government says, well, okay, we could save a lot of money by getting rid of teachers, um, but not realizing that getting rid of teachers actually, that as much as we might be a pain for them, because, you know, we're not exactly as easy to control as maybe an AI. Oh, well, actually. <laughs> yeah. There could be, Brent, there could Brent, be hypothetical. We've got a hand up from Lucy if she wants to yeah. come, just jump in. Sorry, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm doing that thing under Lucy. Doing that thing. Go on, interrupt what? me. One thing I don't know. I don't know what it was. No, I was just um, going to say that um, when you heard when I heard the phrase brain gym, I'm sure I'm not the only one who had mild palpitations. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's it's <laughs> it's one of those things that's almost become a a, a dirty word or dirty two words. Um, but just uh, the idea of because um, I I also asked the question the other day of is AI just going to be another one of these fads that we go through, like brain gym, all the, all the other things, which, you know, we can't, we, if we go down that rabbit hole, we'll be here all night. But uh, it's, 
I don't think it is. I, I, think no, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be so integrated into everything that we do um, that yeah. it, it can't just be a school thing. It can't just be a teacher thing. Uh, we're going to have the, the next generation coming up using it regularly. So therefore, schools have got to adapt and include it somehow. Um, it's got to be. It's got to be passed. It's not going to sit separately to um, the, you know, the the private lives of people. It's going to be so integrated into their lifestyle in everything they do. So therefore, schools got to kind of the, the education system has got to incorporate it somehow. We've already got an AI lead. I mean, this is a new thing this year. So um, there's actually one in Key Stage Two, and there's one because we have Key Stage Three on site at the moment uh, on the primary site and so their job is to kind of keep up I guess and, yeah. and keep us all informed but I'm also dying to know you know the, how much CPD we're all going to get on this because of course you know yes I went there oh gosh I went there but uh, yeah I mean we're going to yeah. need help with this well, well as as someone with that uh, title in my school <laughs> you bit... are the AI lead <laughs> <laughs> well, well well that's that's what sits on um, that's what sits on one of my job roles at the minute um, so uh, we're, we're trying to kind of work out kind of how we do it in school in terms of um, CPD because we've got uh, you know, as always, we've got that bell curve of the early adopters that are already flying, and we've got some people who don't even know what it is and never, it's never hit their, somehow it's not even hit their radar and they don't really care about it. So we've got that kind of big, big gap across the school staff. And it's not necessarily age. Um, you know, some people who, there's some people older than older than me in their, in their late 40s, 50s, they picked it up really early. And it's some of the younger staff that haven't kind of even even kind of picked up on it at all. Um, so it's not kind of a, across. Up, we 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 um we got a new suite of uh, computers, um, which Woo! got rid of our fourteen year old computers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're streamlined and they're freestanding, so they're they're still like you know normal normal PCs, but they look really cool. Yeah. Of course, the kids have figured out how to pull the cables out, so we've had to tie the cables. And just as soon as you think of new technology and a couple of buttons have gone missing, the wireless mouses are losing their batteries, and you're like, oh, why can't we have nice things? Why can't we have nice things? So there we are, and I'm teaching my first ever computers lesson. I know, there's a shortage of computers teachers. So last year was physics. This year, I'm teaching year seven computing. So I'm one lesson ahead, as you always are. First lesson, logging in. And the first thing I realized is that these children aren't used to using a keyboard. And there's me with the assumption of, hey, come on, kids, you're the internet, you're the computer generation. They're all iPad. They're all touch. They don't know how to use the computer. And it, it gets even better. I'm at, the, I'm at the stage where, like, could you write your login, you know, type in their logins, log into their software, um, you know, um, make sure they put their password. And they have a sticker with their password on it, you know, uppercase, lowercase, school address. There were seven children sitting there. And I'm thinking, great, I've got, I can control their screens, which I think Circo is called or, or Senso it is. It's fantastic and control our screen, hijack their screen, make the screen go red, put a message up. And I'm like, why is the seven screens missing? And I was coming around. There were seven computers, and the children were looking at the computer, trying to figure out how to put, how to switch it off. They didn't to go around seven children and push a button to show them how to actually put the computer. And I was like, do these kids not realize that? And then I realized they don't have PCs. Or, or they and do, is- or they do, but like my laptop here, I've sat down tonight and it's face recognition, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. And there's, there's so legal. They're, they're, oh, they're, wow. they're like a different kind of, they're doing something different again, aren't they? 
exactly. But there's us going, oh god, we've got new computers in a computer room. Yeah, boring. We're getting there, and seven of the kids are being are, are already further ahead because the technology they use at home is already better and advanced than it used to be at school. I remember when I was a child that the first time I saw a computer was at school and it was a BBC. Mm. And there was one computer in the whole school, which was a BBC, and it was run Doco. I remember playing this game called, uh, I think it was the Curse of Sherwood Forest. And it was like groundbreaking. I was looking at images on a computer. But you went to school, and if you got anywhere near the computer, the one piece of technology, it was like, blew your mind. It was like something out of an 80s sci-fi movie. Yeah. But yeah, our schools are so, so far behind. Because That's right, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I, I, I would... Yeah, I mean, before I was a teacher, I worked for um, it was a, a credit card bank, and you know, at the, the time they were the first bank to be fully integrated online, and you know, I was, I was, you know, I'm I'm dealing with these kind of complicated kind of networks and systems um, every day, and then I decided to leave that and go into teaching. I was absolutely shocked that they were still running kind of split networks with five or six computers linked to it. And then you have to log, you have another log on. Uh, for another set of computers and everything, nothing was integrated, nothing was interlinked. I remember coming home thinking, this is just really bizarre, isn't it? That, you know, I've, I've come from one place and where the people will go to, where the children will go to, to work is, is that is, is so far advanced of, you know, the place that we're teaching them. Um, but I, but I do, I do think kind of this, this, well, we, we call, we call it AI, at the minute, I'm not. I'm not sure how much artificial intelligence is going on. There's like different models. Uh, for example, the kind of the um, uh, Bard and the kind of the language generators that probably most people are using now. And a lot of um, systems been set up around these kind of language network models. You know, it, it's not. It's not really that AI um, as as we know as AI. You know, is you know that they 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 they're feeding from a data set. Uh, on the free versions that probably were set back in kind of 2021, 2022. Um, so it's, it's not kind of, it's not, le- it's not artificial intelligence like we know artificial intelligence or what it will be. Um, but I think there's a definite growth um, in that. And, ch- and children, like my children, you know, they've, they're a bit older now, so they've started to use things like Snapchat. And those sorts of things are built into those services now. Um, so they don't even know they're using them. Um, and I think a lot of people don't know they're using these kind of systems. Like they're so used to kind of using predicted text on their WhatsApp messages. They don't even say, oh, that's this anymore. It's just predicted text, isn't it? Um, so and it's, that, it's integrated. So integrated. Yeah, people have integrated in so, 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 yeah. so, so, you know, going back to, you know, why this school in, in, in Warwickshire is doing what it's doing, it's kind of trying to... Uh, fill a fill a kind of a vacuum or a void, isn't it? And and trying to kind of put something to, in in there to bring these children back into school, who are you know are doing are doing and into and talking and developing relationships differently than we ever thought we would. Um, uh, we're we're starting a series of lessons at the minute. I always quite quite like this lesson. So uh, we we're doing those kind of like the needs and wants type lesson. And, um, you know, I, I tell I tell the pupils, you know, I'm 40, 42, nearly 43. You know, my life is literally split in half. Half of my life, no internet, no mobile phone. Um, second half of my life, this full on, uh, you know, technology kind of burst, uh, this exponential kind of growth in things. And, 
you know when I, when we when we were doing this lesson as as as, as students, we'd never have mobile phone or technology as a need. And although they wouldn't necessarily select it as a need, um, they use the language. If you try and take a mobile phone off a child in, in a school, or if I try and take the mobile phone off my children now here, they will use the language, I need my phone. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. the kind of, they're already kind of built into, you know what I mean? They, they're sort of integrated anyway, uh, even though they can kind of move away from it. They, they are. What you're really saying is, is that there's no going back on this. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, progress kind of, you know, is a juggernaut sometimes, isn't it? It does kind of just move, doesn't it? Um, but that, and it has growing pains. It, 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 it has great, I, I, I think what's happening at the minute is that because there isn't any, and you know, and I'll talk, I'll talk to you in a minute about what you, what you kind of uh, went through the weekend with the AI policy is because there's no kind of leadership on this, uh, like proper leadership in terms of, you know, leading a kind of conversation and a debate. So as we talked before about bringing different stakeholders from different kind of parties in, that what's happening is, is that there's lots of people just kind of having a go at different things. Um, like there's lots of, for example, there's loads of products out there but that you can spend like five, six pound a month on that can convert your YouTube clips into a multi, you know, choice question workbook or a, um, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a tool that can, you know, uh, change the reading age of the text and give you some questions from it. There's lots of these tools about at the minute, um, but there isn't any kind of overall kind of leadership in terms of what do we want this thing to do and, and, and where do we want it to go? But it seems such a shame that there isn't that uh, big thought over this and this cathedral thinking. I think, right, we, we, we know this is the, the direction. So what is it we want from it as a society? What is it we want it? What do we want from it from our children? You know, rather than kind of this kind of, you know, putting a toe in the water here and seeing where it goes and just almost trying to learn. We, we kind of we kind of we're running with it before we know how to walk, don't we? With, with any of it we, well that's, we... that's the thing i mean go, going going into that warwickshire story that just look go through the warwickshire story just in case anybody listening um doesn't, yeah. under, doesn't know so th this is something actually quite before covid and something embedded so children across warwickshire are, are who are unable to attend school have been able to participate in lessons thanks to the use of robots so a trial of the av1 robots began just before the pandemic with seven robots purchased by warwickshire county council Due to their success uh, across schools in Warwickshire, they're now loaning or investing in their own distance learning avatars, which make it possible for children and young people who can't attend school due to sickness or physical or mental health challenges to take part at school, be in an app or the, on their phone or on their tablet. So in practice, the AV1 robot is an app-linked device fitted with a camera, a speaker, a microphone that opens a two-way audio and one-way visual channel between the student and their classmates, allowing them to learn alongside their peers and maintain social contact with their friends without obliging them to appear on camera themselves. So the robots are carried from lesson to lesson by a classmate. Some children in primary schools have even taken the robot into the playground or to lunch so the classmates can be involved in all elements of the school day. So that's not a true AI. That is a robot avatar being used yeah. as a surrogate and used as... A, but the fact that this has been almost... A, 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 an avatar is the best way to describe it. A robot avatar, which represents the child who can't be in school, 
that's a massive positive because yeah. that's allowing that child to be in school. It's allowing the other children to interact with that child. And I suppose it's as close as you can get to be a child being in school. Because that was one of our problems that we saw during the likes of the COVID crisis that we're all trying to do teams. And, and there's you're looking at a blank screen. It's like, hello there. Hi there, kids. Hi there, kids. And you knew there was nobody there. Yeah. This is a bit different. And they're going to roll this out even further. So that's been a massive success. And you think of Harlem Council, they invested in this. And they can see the success in this. Because one of our problems is getting kids back into school. So that's been a successful trial in Warwickshire. Not of a true AI, but having a robot in a classroom. The kids have embraced it. The kids are running with it. And and that seems to be embedded. And we've got Lucy with a hand up. Hello, Lucy. I'm not being funny. What happened to just having class pets? Because I get the, you know, the, the getting kids back into school with, with that AI. But I miss the days where, I mean, I know a lot of schools have school dogs now, which yeah. I think is great. But I was in charge at primary school of the African land snails. <laughs> that was my class pet. And I love them. They're massive. Primary school. They are. They're massive. So I was in charge... Um, putting cucumber and lettuce in their tank and then they had babies and so there were lots of snails but you know just kind of <laughs> was that was that primary school lucy this was a primary school yeah, yeah, yeah my, 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 my kids had a class just recently was there a biology <laughs> lesson where they were making to steal the babies um not that we saw yeah <laughs> most my, 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 both my children had like that primary school just recently and they they both yeah. left they've left primary school and they've they've gone through the primary. So I guess the question is is why doesn't secondary schools? Yeah, or hatching chicks or things things like that. Yeah. I mean, I know that again, you know, we're we're moving on with technical things, but what happened to all this kind of wholesome stuff? We're just not allowed to do it anymore. Is the health and safety lost the plot again? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, th- I think it's more to do with what we've been talking about in the in the past. It's just we have, maybe there hasn't been that teacher who's been able to stay at a school long enough. To kind of have their own room to kind of set it all up. Yeah, it, maybe, maybe that's because I, I I remember the uh, secondary school yeah. teacher who had been in a room for like twenty years, and they've got their own house plants in, and they've got their own things on the wall. And they've kind they've kind of bedded in for life, haven't they? They've kind of made well, the also, classroom the home from home. They have, but also just on the plants thing. I mean, I don't know if this is just trying to keep kids out of trouble, give them jobs. I had two kids turn up at my door today. I think they were year sixes, being like, do you have any plants we can water? I thought they were joking. I don't know if they've been kind of sent on a mission to keep them out of trouble, or whether this is a <laughs> new kind of year six job that they're just yeah. trying to give everyone a job to make them to make them feel, you know, like they're part of something. I don't know, because, I mean, you know, the house captains collect house points and all that jazz, although I had, didn't put my, mine up today. I was very naughty. But, yeah, when they came around offering to water plants, I was like, do I need to tell your teacher that you're doing this, or is this something that they've condoned? I'm not quite yeah. sure. Do yeah. we have classes of paint? Yeah, yeah. The tennis again. Yeah. No, I was just saying, did anyone then come knocking for tartan paint or left-handed no, screwdriver? No. You know, I, <laughs> honestly, I think sometimes, but you know, I think there are those teachers who do send kids on random, you know, those kids that need to go for a walk and they send a, you know, a random poster that actually has nothing on it. Oh, we, 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 we can't do that any longer. We, we've got the Department of the Environment road, road scheme, road building scheme, which is in high vis vests. Oh, high vis vests. Don't start me on people with whistles, high vis vests and two way radios. Oh, my word. What is going <laughs> right. no, on? Right. No, no, separate rant for another day. Yeah, separate rant for another day. Yes. Um, so, so, yes, so, but I agree. I mean, actually, going back to your point, Lucy, a lot of schools have adopted the 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 um the therapy dog. 
I think it's yeah. an absolute stonking idea. Therapy dog, a therapy dog, and a therapy cat. You've got to make sure they're um, hypoallergenic, though. So you've got to have things like doodles and poodles and things because there are a lot of kids who are allergic to fluff and fur and things, which is a genuine thing. You know, I'm not kind of is, saying yeah. that. So you've got to have a hypoallergenic therapy dog. And I know that in young offenders centres, that's one of the things that they they tend to do as well because they you know it giving something. I saw a really good program in America that was you know trying to turn youth people around, and it was you know giving somebody a pet was they look after the pet, they they bond with the pet, they realise that in looking after the pet that you know they they're responsible for another 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 being, and in fact it helps them sort of um, as a therapy, but also helps them understand responsibilities and and and, and sort of. It's the oxytocin because I know that when people when people um sort of um when when people are sort of petting animals and stuff it produces uh, the the chemical is called that oxytocin. The hug, that's the hug hormone, isn't it? The it one is the, that hug, kind of... the hug. It's the calming hormone. It's 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 that's the, the it, it's the calming hormone. It's the de-stressing hormone, and and of course the logic behind that is absolutely fantastic because there's other ways to de-stress people. There's exercise, conversation. That's why the staff room is so important. You put people in the staff room. Uh, and I, I could go and talk to a robot, but there's nothing better than talking to one of my colleagues and asking, how's your day? I think we get so much out of those human interactions and, and literally the support you get from your colleagues. It, it does feel like sometimes you are in the trenches uh, and that, you know, that you have the gallows humour of life in the trenches. I do equate it, to, you know, to teaching sometimes is like being a, a World War One, and, and, and it's a bit like Blackadder goes forth when you have the, the, the gallows humour of what class have you got? <laughs> But this is the thing that makes our job so tolerable is that sometimes you realise, well, who have you got now? You're now, who's in your class? And you go, oh, oh. And, and it's those conversations. That's the thing we missed during the pandemic, wasn't it? When we couldn't socialise, we couldn't help each other. We were no. distant from each other. And it makes you realise that actually we're very like the children that because you give the children the free time, they'll run around. Boys will, you know, kick each other and, and, and throw footballs at each other. The girls will talk in corners and, uh, and you get, you know, the kids will find their niche, you know, the kids will go into the computer room and turn their headphones on. Other kids will will talk and corner. You just you just naturally see how children interact. I, I sometimes sit and watch the kids and think, "Am I looking at the Serengeti? There's the the predators over there. There's the lions over there. There's the cheetahs over there. Oh look, there's the wildebeest all in her. You know, and our we are social animals. School is such a social place, and I and I've loved the idea. I I've actually heard we've got a school chaplain, a lay school chaplain, and she's part time with us because she does works in our primary schools. And she was introducing the idea of of uh, of um a, a school was called um therapy dog, and it didn't go further than that. I really hoped that she would bring it in because even I was sometimes would want to go into that staff room and the therapy dog was there. I'd go over and, and take the therapy dog for a five minute walk around school. You know, I even said that the parents today I was doing a PhD lesson today and and was talking about exercise and about the value of exercise, even just going for a walk. And taking a walk um for 20 minutes and i sort of cribbed it with the kids said hands up whose parents just go and take the dog for a walk for 20 minutes because they want to get out of the house and they come back in a better mood and you want to believe the amount of children who put their hands up and it's plainly obvious that after a stressful day some parents come home and they take their dog out for a walk and it's not they're taking a the dog for a walk it's they're just basically finding a way to de-stress and i think there is something absolutely right about a living creature you can bond with a living creature and i think what you've hit upon what i have concern about lucy is that people bonding with technology is not the same. This is this is Ed Machina. This is that type of thing of, I think, therefore I am. Human being to human being. But if people are going to bond with robots, there's something about that doesn't sit well with me. I mean, I don't, and maybe I don't like where we're heading as a society, that I think human beings to human beings is how we have been since our species has 
evolved yeah. out of the cave. Can, can you interject, like interject there, though? I think that yeah. it's, it's very difficult for us to see. You know, we, we talked about this in class today, is that there's going to be children whose first access to education has been on the mobile phone because of COVID. And it's going to be very, very difficult for us to unpick that, unfortunately. Um, it's, I think it's going to take a monumental effort for them to uh, detach from that. Um, and, you know, you know, I think you're right in what you're saying. And we, we can offer different solutions. But this, the solution will have to be with technology somehow. Um, because I think trying to... We had this conversation where we were talking about um the um the banning of mobile phones mm-hmm. it becomes incredibly stressful for children um to come off their mobile phones and you know we, we can call that whatever we want we can call it an addiction we can call it uh dependency, dependency yeah. whatever but it's but it is it, it, it is a reality and this is what this is what's so frustrating um about um the leadership around it We're like we still haven't really got that um, that internet bill properly done. There's no kind of leadership around the security on some of these websites. Um, this is happening, and the policymakers have not been able to kind of come together and create a a space where children can exist with this technology safely for both their mental and physical health. Um, but yeah. the, the the only solution seems to be that we either have to you know, it's the, 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 the full libertarian option of well, it's free speech, and you know, you can go, you can go, and it's the wild west. To the other option is let's just ban it. Well, actually, the, there's got to be an answer somewhere in the middle where uh, young people are going to have access to this technology. They've been brought up with it; it's been part of their lives, rightly or wrongly. Us as parents have encouraged the use of this. Um, the state then and the institutions have encouraged access to the online space and mobile phones and technology. And then, then, then we're kind of asking them to do the impossible and saying, right, now you've got to come away from it. When actually all they're seeing or all they're, all they're referencing is those kind of reward signals from it. And, it, and, it, and, and therein lies the problem is our children are getting far too much reward out of the technology. Yeah. And they're not getting enough reward out of the relationships. Yeah. I, I look at a lot of their friendships are so su- superficial. Yes. They're not grounded on reciprocity. Um, they, they are so superficial. They're so nasty. And, and even I, I noticed I was, doing, um, I was doing a lesson today, and, I, and, and it's anecdotal, this, but this, this is where I'm going with this. Um, we, we were talking about um, joining up and fighting in wars, and, and obviously the situation in Palestine came, came around, and I didn't want it to go that far because I was talk, talking about World War One and men's motivation to to join up and volunteer, then they were conscripted. And is looking at the home front, you know, women women going into the factories. And and what I was trying to understand is is that you, these young people were, you know, do they understand what war really meant? That people, the total war meant that everybody in the country was working towards one goal, which was to win the war. Yeah. And that there were sacrifices that Chilwell and, and did a really good um then to look at the 139 women who died in Chilwell when the fuel the depot in the barracks went up and 139 women women were killed and all but 12 who were injured were back at work the next day and you think my god aren't they resilient and stoic back in those days um, and and one of the girls just turned and says to me you know uh, would you fight for your would you fight for your country sir 
And I'm like, what do you mean would I fight for my country? Of course I wouldn't fight for my country. I wouldn't fight for anything. I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to fight in wars. Thanks very much. And she was like, oh, I'd fight for my country. She says, well, congratulations. Well done, team. But here's the other side of your equation. The other side of that equation is, would you die? Would you, would you, kill, for, would you kill somebody else for your country? And instantly, straight away, her answer was absolutely yes. And, and the half the class were like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, and, then, and then back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, is this normal? Are we in a different world? Or how is the sort of desensitization of our children understanding what they're saying? Is, or do they have the maturity to understand what they're really saying to me is, is that they have no problem with killing another human being. And what made me think is, is that I sometimes sit down and look at cyberbullying and cyber safety. I look at sometimes... Some of the horrible things that these children say to each other online, and don't get me wrong, I went through school, I know what children say to each other face to face, but there is something about the removal of the breaks and the morality around the internet, social media, AI, and everything else that really disturbs me. And it's the lack of, First World War soldiers did not actually want to kill each other. The, the, the statistics show that many of them shot over each other's heads. Human beings, when they're faced with another person, will behave differently when they behave, you know, um, at a distance. And this is a disconnect between how our children view the world, the technology, how they interact online. And we're seeing a lot of this depersonalization, desensitization. And yet, I, I do worry that that is leading to a dependence on technology, which is removing the humanity from our children. This dependency on technology, because the thing about the technology is, the technology is cold. It cannot, re it cannot replicate the human-to-human -human interaction. It cannot. And I do, that's what really sort of at the back of my mind I'm thinking is there is a danger. There's something that is ringing in my ears saying this is very dangerous if we embrace this too much without the checks and balances. If we allow some, you know, development of our society, we allow our children to be so ingrained in this decision-making where they are so, so dependent on the technology that they lose, I think, their soul. And that is where I, I really am worried about that. I really am. That, that, and I can see a lot happening with that. So Lisa's got her hand up. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, I, I'm i inclined to, to agree that there is a, a huge desensitization when it comes to our children and what, what they're exposed to day to day. And it's unfortunately filtering down and becoming younger and younger. But uh, in keeping with the theme, because this really interests me and I'm just doing a bit of field research here in, in the background, um, going back to the whole AI lead thing, because uh, I know that Adam is already one and that we've got them in school. But surprisingly, so I stuck a poll on Teachers Talk Radio just on the on the feed. So if you're there, please, please vote and let me know. Um, and the question was simple. Does your school have an AI lead? And the options were yes, no. Um, and a pardon what now? And uh, surprisingly, only 7.7% of um, the votes have gone for yes. 84.6% uh, for no, and 7.7% have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, that sounds about right. That's the bell curve. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm actually su surprised, given how much that this has all taken off and uh, the conversations um, that we're having in schools and on Teachers Talk Radio, this has come up a lot in, in recent times. And uh, maybe there's more going on behind the scenes than we're aware of. But a lot of these issues with with tech that we're talking about and the exposure to things is this has been a theme for a while. I had um, a uh, mildly hysterical parent come to me last year uh, and say to me, um, you need to get all the parents together and tell us how to deal with this whole TikTok thing. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, sorry, 
I mean, is this, and I'm sitting there going, is, is this my job? Is this not my job? I don't know, because this is obviously not happening on my watch. I'm not kind of, I'm not filming TikToks with my students. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's stuff that they're, they're exposed to at home, certainly at a primary level. But of course, the problems attached to that come into school. So as much as it's going on kind of off our premises and off our time, it, all the issues are coming back to haunt us. And I think that we are very ill-equipped generally uh, as teachers to, to deal with it because, you know, it's it's ever-changing, ever-evolving, um, even with things, um, you know, like uh, like radicalisation and all the stuff. I know Pre- um, Prevent have just um, done an update as, as well. Mm. So it's, you know, we're constantly kind of on the on the back foot. And I mean, I'm you know, in approaching my mid thirties, but I feel old. Mm. I feel old in, in, in terms of no, I do seriously. I know. I, mean, I, 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 no, I know what you mean. I, I mean, I feel old mean. when I look at when I look at the top forty, and I realise I recognise absolutely nobody on it. That's when I was like, oh god, so this is what it's like. This is I have become my parents. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I digress. But, but just just going back, it's interesting. I mean, like you know, a, a year ago, I didn't know anything about this. It was it was my in laws that were working in the city. And he was just, I sat down, just, we just sat down there because my family do. And he was just saying, you used to teach computer science, didn't you? I said, yes. He said, well, you know, what, what are you doing about AI and stuff? And I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what he was talking about. And he was, he, he was talking about how his team kind of are using it on a kind of regular basis. So it's that thing about schools being in such a disconnect, um, you know, to society. Um, but computer science is just a classic example of, you know, teaching the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong people. You know, I, yeah. I, I showed him my. Yeah, you know, he was. He's a. Uh, he's a. T, he's a team leader in the city of London. I showed him the curriculum for computer science. And he's like, "What on earth is this? This is about twenty years too late." You know what I mean? Can I? Um, I need to do our. I'll do our sponsor now. Yeah, um, just before I do, I just give an example. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get Lucy in a second. Um, I had children say to me, Mr. Paul, uh, I loved your uh, TikTok. And I'm like, uh, what TikTok? I don't have TikTok. So apparently there is a TikTok out there with me that is so good that the kids actually think it's my own professional TikTok. And even when I says, I don't have TikTok, I have no TikTok account. So what do you have ever seen? Oh, it's got all your stuff on there, sir. So I'm like, whoa. And I, and I checked through all my filters as I've done the last Facebook, Twitter, all the rest of it. Uh, and that worries me. That really, really worries me, that loss of privacy. I know Tom had the situation a year ago where, where, where we had um, teachers being parodied and, and horrible TikTok videos made of us using the recordings that we did to the ch- for the children during the COVID crisis. Um, so this also worries me about the deep fake thing, about the, 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 how, how we can be attacked now, undermined, the lack of privacy. Um, and and that's, this is happening a lot more. We, we are losing our own privacy because we're in our public property and equally our digital footprint is out there to be sort of used and abused as well. Mm. So even when we try and embrace the technology and, and keep up with it ourselves and try and live in that, that, that digital world, being the digital native, we run the risk then of, of somebody then, you know, turning around and, and creating something out of our own footprint. We, we are, we're getting suckered into it, whether we like it or whether we're not as teachers, we can't just, clo- you're right, we cannot close our ears to this. We've got to, we have to embrace it in a, set, a certain sense, which means getting dragged into this mire. Yeah. And, and I wish sometimes, it's horrible to say uninvented, but I, I just think that our lives are simpler when, you know, apple was a fruit, a blackberry was, was a fruit, orange was a fruit, 
um, and all these things that they want to name after were fruits. I mean, and, and that, that's, that's to me, and I may sound like a Luddite, but I think we, are, we, are we better off with some of this technology or is it just creating more problems which need more yeah. solutions which creates more problems? Which, uh, yeah, you know, can I just so say before, before Lucy comes in, sorry. But I, th I think that's the difficult. I think you alluded to it right at the beginning of the show is that I, th I think teachers have a very uh, important role in that day-to-day -day kind of human contact. Um, and I, it, I do kind of worry about um, seeing some content online of teachers trying to do a TikTok or uh, TikTok, whatever it's called, TikTok, TikTok, I don't know. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's how tired I am now. I can't even say the words. Um, but I think I think kind of there's a there's a danger of, and I, I I've done it in the past where I've thought, oh, wouldn't it be really cool if we could if we could do this? In fact, when we did our masters together, one of one of my things was kind of would it be possible? I was, I was trying to do lockdown lessons before lockdown and uh, trying to think about, this is back in whenever it was, 2014. 14. Yeah, is it, is it possible to remove, put, move, move, remove all of the teaching almost onto like a cloud-based uh, system with my kind of master's dissertation? Um, and actually, I kind, of, I kind of thought, what's the, just what's the point of that? Um, you know, that, that, do, that does exist and that's the thing. Like TikTok is a thing. You know, and and it's there. It's there for that generation to do. It's not. It's kind of not for us to do that. You know, yeah. we we we've we've got our own thing, and yeah, that 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 can coexist. It can coexist, and sometimes I get really worried when I see. Uh, we've done it in the past, and you know, and we did it at my old school when we did this kind of like uh, breaking up for the summer social media kind of you know, and straight almost within te right, ten minutes, there was like a parody video. And I was just thinking that was just such an obvious own goal that this we, we published this thing to the world and then almost straight away there was like, you know, 5,000 comments just laughing at it, saying how stupid it was because that's not our space. And I think that's where we've got to see this, that there's different spaces. Do you know what I mean? There's almost like different networks or, so, you know, however you want to think about it. There's these spaces where that generation are doing things existing and there's there's also this space and I think they can all kind of interlink and interweave each other but that's what we've got to try and solve isn't it how do we have mobile phones how do we have social media how do we have um, AI helping us but also how do we properly get behind and support what we're doing and you're you know something? yeah I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like Lucy said to the point where I I just want to sit kids down and I just want to teach them mm. without any technology, without any distractions, without any mobile phones. I, I go back to Socrates. I go back to the Jesus and the Sermon of the Mount. I go back to the greatest teachers I had, my football coach. I, I go, you know, you know what? Just put us back in a classroom with 30 children who just want to learn and I want to teach them mm. and make our lives just simpler. Yeah. It's just, let me but, off the wheel. Let yeah. me off. I, I, I was but scared. I want. But it, but it has, but it has just gone that. And trying to, trying to force kids. You know, this, this, the school that you know, we, 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 we work closely together with. They went full on. You know, white walls, no distraction. You know, and all, all that business. And you know, equally, I don't think that was very healthy either. You know, start to strip the phones off kids as they walk into school and all this business. And kind of have that kind of huge conflict all the time, 
whereas 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 whereas, whereas I've watched my daughter this week. She really, really struggles with maths. Right, the teachers allowed her to get her phone out and take a picture of the board. She got that picture home. She then uh, she doesn't really. She kind of went through like a little tutorial on prime numbers. She with within kind of ten minutes or so, then it kind of done done her own little video with silly voices on doing the prime numbers, and that's the way she's going to learn. I know the thing is, Adam, your your child is a child that comes home to a parent who has the cultural capital. That's the problem. Yeah, but she's had her yeah, hand yeah, up. She's also a child that's not going to sit in a classroom and face forward no. for for for, no. for an hour. So that that is going to be a forever conflict. Because she wants to take a like a chunk bit of information and go and do something creative with that information to help her understand it. So I'm going to go, yeah, go to our sponsor, Adapt, which which was my point that I lost myself a couple of minutes ago about the fact of the matter is that we as teachers are um, sometimes under attack and sometimes we are undermined. And, and, and the work as a trade union rep, which I am, is becoming a, even more challenging in this digital world. And, and one of the, the organisations out there to help is our sponsor, which is Adapt. Um, and they, of course, like us, believe that teaching is a rewarded profession. However, it is coming with its first share, first share challenges, big challenges. Uh, and that's where they can come in. They, they market themselves as a typical trade union, but an apolitical alternative offering expert legal and employment and mental health support. And I underline mental health support as well, because that's something that we teachers need in, in a very stressful job they are and, and it could be good to talk to somebody at an organization like adapt as well uh, they provide teachers and school staff with case services and edu legal support in individual employment disputes and allegations and again underline allegations because there's a lot more of that these days isn't it without without grounds as well i may add um, they're independent and their team supports with subscriptions individually with integrity consistency confidentiality and as I say, they're a bit like a union, but they're different. Um, they give advice on allegations, disciplinaries, grievances, suspensions, employment contracts, pay, working hours, sick pay, maternity, paternity, and leave as well. And more importantly, they are available 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. It was fantastic that they are available within the Friday as well, because that's when there's a busy time for a union rep as things build up during the week. And they aim to get you back to you within two hours. They only use qualified professional caseworkers who are experts in education. And you can find them at adapt.org.uk. And we have redemption codes as well, which Lucy will tell us at the end of um, the, 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 oh, this case as well. They've, um, they were only for September, sadly. So oh. not anymore. Oh. Well, they are still very good value as well because, look, yeah. I, I'm i a union rep for another union and I think everybody should be either with ADAPT or in a union, especially in this day and age. And uh, I've worked hard in my, my school to make sure that everybody is protected. And I've always had a policy of even if somebody's not in a union, not even in my union, that I would always afford them that that, that protection and, and that advice, um, which is something I think is very important. Supporting people in our job is, is, is really what's always is needed. And this, this is an extra layer of support that you, should you want it there. It's called ADAPT. And so that's uh, our point. You see your hand up. Uh, it was, and I've kind of, I sort of, I had so many things and now I've had a brain fart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's so unhelpful. Um, no, it was going back to, uh, what were we talking about? Kids, mobile phones, learning, and actually listening to... Um, Adam and listening to how his daughter is handling learning I think there is um, and I've sort of touched on this earlier in the week as as well when I was talking about the future of, of classroom teaching I do think and I know 
Brent, that you know that you have your um, you know this idea of that we're all going to go back to our kind of traditional classrooms, and uh, you know going to have those those thirty smiling faces at us. I do, calcium days. I do I do think that we're going to be sort of moving away from that. It's not going to happen overnight, but there are alternatives popping up all the time. There's um one that exists out here. It's got hubs out here and hubs around the world where it's aimed at secondary, but kids build their curriculum. They can go to the hubs. They can be online. They've got tutors. They sit their exams like anybody else, and it, they do go off to to universities, and it, it, does, it does happen. But I also think, you know, our curriculum i mean there's no such thing as a sort of british curriculum but if i'm going to kind of take the english curriculum sorry the english curriculum as the example of this you go through it you look at it and i and i confess i stand there in my classroom on a semi-regular basis and i'm like really i'm still we're still peddling this crap in some cases um and you know we i do think some teachers have the mentality and certainly going back to the tiktok thing as well as if you can't beat them join them and i'm not saying that everybody should have to should have to do that but we do need to be supported and you know have the professional development that comes with the ever-changing world that we're living in and of course you know I also think teacher training needs to adapt as well because, and I rant about this on a semi-regular basis as well, that teacher training, by and large, I do not think is fit for purpose. Um, and the the focus is far too much on, I mean, all my sessions were on kind of subjects. Nothing was really about the nitty-gritty of what is happening in the world. They're always obsessed with your subject knowledge, aren't they? Yeah. They're always obsessed, and, it, and, and, they, and yet you get the teaching and you end up in two different subjects anyway. Well, that's it. And if and if your brains are like yours and mine, I mean, there's the tangents that we go off on. And uh, I discovered today, I mean, I kind of went with it, but one of the girls in my class today, we were reading, um, we've got a new book that we started in English, The Ice Palace. And uh, she was asking what every other word meant. And some of them I knew she, did, she didn't know, but she discovered that I'd kind of would sort of give a, a, a nice explanation, not just kind of the dictionary definition. And so she got on quite quickly that if she asked, I'd kind of, I'd tell her. And then it kind of dawned on me, it's like, this can't be every other word. We're going to be here the the, the whole time. So, you know, they're, they're, they're not daft, as we as we know. But uh, this, the the I mean, we talk about this a lot, that there is massive overhaul needed in so many areas of education. But curriculum, you know, we are sending kids into a world that is not going to be even the same as the one that, that we entered post-school, post-university. Mm. And so the fact that we're still peddling the stuff that even, I would say, a large part of it. I mean, I often joke about the fact I didn't know what a frontal adverbial was till I was 26 years old. And by then I had degree master's degree and was partway through a teaching qualification uh, and had had i have no idea what you're talking about well there you go so you know i i still are... struggle with phonetics i mean i mean you try to do phonetics with an irish accent good luck trying to teach your english children phonetics with an well, irish that's accent it. <laughs> well, well, that's it and you know it it's this this kind of nonsense i mean the grammar that i end up teaching i have to look up a lot of the time. I forgot halfway through a lesson the other day what a determiner is. I still can't remember. Oh, I'm like, I don't, you know, for crying out loud. But these these are all kind of, you know, all these sort of mini rants that were going off on all kind of feed into the same but thing. Suppose, at the end you of the day. are right. I mean, there was no internet when I was in school, but yet we have to adapt to the world. The the, the thing that sort of, and it goes back to just a couple of the comments, and, and, and I think uh, Tom's earlier comment was like, like, like you said, Lucy, I think law might go first. Human relationship forming is crucial to good teaching. He's unconvinced mm. that AI can ever replace that, that ever play that part and the extent of it won't. 
and, and I, I completely agree with that. I think our unique selling point and one of the reasons why we are teachers is because we have that ability to be flexible. I think we, we use parts of our brain think, that yeah. other professions can't even come through. There's something about unique about a good teacher that has the ability to do what we do. And, and oh, I think sure. our profession is never given that credit that we have multi, no. a multifaceted, multi-personality, multidisciplinary and very highly skilled. I mean, this is why, you know, many are leaving our profession to go into other jobs and realise that the of transferable course. skills we have are massive in comparison. But I think also we, we still have to be mindful because, yes, we possess all these skills. We know that and we are, you know, we will champion each other until, you know, until, you know, we're blue, purple in the face. But we also, I do think, have to be mindful of the fact that our profession, like every other and like the world, is changing. And there is a degree of, I mean, there is a degree of having to kind of keep keep up a little bit. And unfortunately, going forward, you know, that that becomes more more important than than ever. And sadly, I do think we'll see a lot of people, as we did in the wake of COVID, you know, with the online teaching, just go, do you know what? I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, I was shoved into online teaching with no support, no mm. input whatsoever, because that's just what we did. You know, school was open one day and it wasn't the next. There, there was no time. But, you but know, my caveat to that is there are things that are eternal to teaching that can never be replaced. And all of a sudden you're going to get people going, the things that make us unique could be the things they lose. And and that sure. is, you know, when you talk about data, you talk about measuring a, a teacher's ability when you're looking at value added and look at their exam results. That's crude, rude, and not very accurate for sometimes the things that a teacher does. You know, there's that there's that lovely statement from the American comedian, and, 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 he, and it's fantastic. I always love that clip when the guy walks up and says, how much do you make? Um, and he literally then rounds off like a three minute random. I make a child cry to make a child feel like, and he literally like just says all the things that we do, those small interactions, those amazing things that we do, the, the life changing. I know we've 20 years in the game. The amount of times I've had a person coming back to me as an adult and, and who are now teaching their children going, thanks for what you did like 10 years ago. And I'm like, no idea what I've done, but I have left, you know, I've left a legacy, you know, that, it's like technology I don't think can ever come close to that human to human. It's, it's, it's like, you know, I suppose like the relationship you put, you, you, you connect, you connect with people when you're a teacher, you connect with these kids, you, you're part of their story. You're part of their life story. You know, we, we there'll be kids sitting in, in, in a pub somewhere and they'll be saying, who'd you have at Miss Nurberg? Who'd you have? Yeah. Mr. Spence, who'd you have? Mr. Paul? We, we, in, in essence, we start to, to, we have our own story and part as part of these children's lives. And I think it is part and parcel of, of the growing up. You've I'm sure there are many teachers. legends about you, Mr. Poland. Um, um, just, um, there are quickly. many things that I would like not to be repeated back of what I was sure. doing in my early career. Like, But this is the I'm thing. Sure. But you won't get that in a world where, like, when you go to school, oh, I had a robot when I went to school. <laughs> you know, well, I think no, sorry, there no, there no, there no, there it was a funny thing. Oh, that, that. Sorry, I had to just, oh, I'm back. The, um, the, um, one of the things that came out when the when the students were able to kind of start rating teachers online. I don't know if you ever saw that kind of. Um, oh, uh, right, teacher.com. Yeah. yeah. Was, like, was it the program to break my poo? Yeah. You had <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that really it still makes me laugh today is that there's just one there's just one comment under my name, and it just said um, he's overrated, but then five stars out of five. <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't know why it's always made me laugh so he's overrated they did not understand the assignment <laughs> yeah I thought that's brilliant that's just absolutely spot on to uh, yeah maybe I'm overrated but you're still going to give it in the, in the end anyway 
just quickly, um, friends, um, yeah. La Prof, who is on actually a little bit later, I believe, oh. after after you two, in fact, um, has just said, you know, phonetics with an Irish accent were sunk, apparently, because there are seven Northern Ireland accents coming up on Teacher Talk Radio at 9pm. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're doomed, apparently. But, you know, we are. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to have to tune in and, and be it then, you know, because, well, actually, La Prof's accent's not too far from mine. We, we, we we're probably very similar, considering we're both South Down residents, about 25 miles apart. Um, but he would probably a testament that we have such a variation of, of even within small areas of, of, of Northern Ireland that we have such. I mean, I, I get that with the kids. Sometimes they go to Mr. Poland, you've got a really strong accent. I'm like, would you like me to do Belfast? Would you really like me to do Derry? Would you really like me to do Northampton? You know, and, and, and I, I throw them all in. in the school and when they get together, there's two of them when they get together. It is, and I think I've said this to you before. It's 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 another language. You know that you know that it's kind of English, but then I suppose it's the English's fault for it's trying to, speed. you know. It's the speed. Yeah. I mean, I, I've I've got a colleague of mine. He's actually Jerry from Derry, and when the two of us get <laughs> going, and it's literally like it's just like it's it's like the Chuckle Brothers. We just basically bounce off each other to a point our sense of humour is. And even I'd be whistling a song, and he'd finish the song. And it's, you, but that's nice. You have that, have that. And again, you get that connection with people in schools. And and there are I have lifelong friends of my colleagues, and I don't think you can ever replace that with re- replacing it with technology. There's just something about the human to human interaction that they can never. I don't think can ever and be replaced. And the thing is, we're saying to the kids, and we had a we had a we had a roadshow tonight about careers. And one of the things I'm constantly saying to the children is when you're talking about careers in the future, think think about what careers are going to be there in the future. You know, you know, you want to be a mechanic. Great. But you think you're going to be grease monkey and underneath a, a, an engine, you know, pulling an engine apart and putting it back together. No, you need computers for that. You're going to need maths because the, the technology is there where it's telemetry now. And I think a lot of our children are sleepwalking into a potential world where they're not having the skills. And, and when you look at and this is the really darker side to it. And this is part of our policy we put together recently to make sure the first political party to do it is that, you know, AI could be there and and this could be used to completely empty schools of TAs first. Because I'm looking at this story, going back to these stories, and, and some of these are good stories, but there's also that caveat of, of literally, OK, if I, if I can put the technology in the school, then I can reduce the number of staff budgets. And, and guess what? Those, those AI, those, those robots don't need a pension. Those robots don't need, don't have sick pay. They don't get maternity or paternity. They don't um, go on strike when they don't get a pay rise. You know, you look at the trouble that we tend to cause. You know, we're not always the most easy to rule bunch teachers. We're quite willful and we're quite annoying to the is that we, we, we are teachers. We're, we're strong minded, independent people. And we, we, we look after children and we know we're, we're quite proud. And, and that does mean you've seen recently that we, we don't always get the respect within society. If, you know, somebody's to come around and say, start saying, you know, we could replace, you know, bad teachers with a robot, it wouldn't take much to turn some people into, well, well you know, will they have six weeks holidays? I think, you see where I'm going with this. If we're not careful, we could find ourselves an endangered species. And, that, and, and I would say, first of all, it would be the teaching assistants that will be first because they, these robots seem to be used. And I can see some examples here for assistance in the classroom. And that's what we saw with Warwickshire. That was assistance. There's another one here in America where we can see that uh, this is helping um, children with learning difficulties. And this all sounds very, very good. I'll just read through it. So a QT system is born of scientists um, and, and they, they first developed the robot as a, as a tool to assist children with, with attention deficit disorder. 
In a gesture, his heads and arms and facial display expressions, it can speak, so it can interact. So funded by the University of Luxembourg, uh, the pair developed the construct of social robots. So this idea of social robots was born. And, and 16 students between the age of 7 to 12 year olds were suspected of confirmed diagnosis of learning difficulties, known to have difficulty in reading, participating, uh, were used. Eight had sessions with the QT robot while other eight acted as controls. Uh, the researchers developed a web application interface for instructors, provided protocol for the students that included warm-up activities, games, breathing exercises, and the application was loaded onto a tablet, allowing instructors to control the QT robot. So while instructors controlled the robot, the QT acted autonomously when triggered by the instructor. So that then uh, reacted. The robot set goals, and if a student was getting off track, it used strategies like games and jokes and breathing and exercise and physical movement to redirect the student's focus to keep it on task. Instructors recorded their interactions, including whether the session's educational goals had been achieved. So end of, by the end of your lesson, here, have your goal been achieved? And the AI is doing this. The amount of time the students spent off task with their redirected strategies was used was recorded. Students were able to provide feedback about their experience with the robot. The study showed that the students who took part in the sessions engaged in fewer off-task behaviours and showed greater engagement. The students perceived the robot as friendly, intelligent, enjoyable, and will be willing to engage it in the future of a friendly teaching assistant robot. The feedback from instructors demonstrated to a large degree that they find the robot's intervention effective and helpful in maintaining the students' focus and engagement. So that's a success. And you could say to yourself, well, we need more of those. But then you're not going to get, you need more of those. How much do they cost? Are they you see where I'm going with that? It's like, that's the job of a teaching assistant, isn't it? But we don't have teaching assistants, so we're going to roll out an AI program which helps the teacher. That will be in your classroom, recording everything going on in your classroom. You see where I'm going with this, recording everything going on in your classroom. What's to say that's not recording and that can be played back? Or you've got the, the situation where that assistant in your classroom is saying, you teacher talked for far too long, Mr. Poland. We were, my spidey senses are tingling to a point where I, do I want this technology in my classroom, big brother watching me and, and recording me and then playing back to me? You see where I'm, I'm suggesting where we're going with the, that we as teachers could be inviting technology into our classroom, which in itself would be a danger or to autonomy or privacy and starts to question. I, I, I don't know what you guys think about that. I, I, it's a success, but I'm looking at it from another point of view thinking, well, actually, is this something that we want? Is this, is this the future? Is this what we want to be going towards? And, and if it helps the children, I can understand, but it opens up a, a Pandora's box for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, I think I think the difficulty is is that I understand your point of view, and you're looking at it, I think, as a kind of a union reps kind of perspective, and you're thinking about kind of keeping jobs as as well as everything else, aren't you? Um, but in terms of if you just take that out and just look at sheer progress, um, you know, I, I I don't look at that to see see it being kind of a major. You know, I, I think the pro the progress outweighs the issues, and um, as always, if we look after the after the staff involved, you know, there could be kind of huge benefits going forward. Um, so it's that kind of that, that that kind of opportunity cost there, isn't there, of of this, um, and how kind of trying to manage those benefits as well as kind of you know being empathetical to the potential consequences. Uh, going forward, uh, but there's no doubt that this will affect, you know, as you said before, certain roles within schools. Um, but it's whether overall does it kind of um, 
support the learner's journey more, I guess, is what we're trying to think about here. Is it? But we don't have, as I said before, we don't have that overall um, umbrella kind of policy or direction to know kind of where we're heading. Um, my, my, my niggle, and drilling into it, and I think you know where this is coming from, my niggle is the facial recognition is what's happening in China. The control yeah. of the population using the facial recognition to nudge the nudge the behaviour. It's yeah. the subtle hand. Are we going to have children who are going to be nudged? Their behaviour is going to be controlled. It's the subtle hand that we won't see that's guiding their behaviour towards an outcome. And that really, really sends my, you know, liberty and freedom and free, you know, that, that, that sends okay, okay, me okay. a little bit. I, I get why I'm a bit sensitive. Put it in this perspective then. A, is that already happening? And B, has it always happened, but just not in a kind of technology, technological sense? Has there all been? But the thing is, a human being is autonomous. A human being has a sense of independence in the sense of we're, 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 we're altruistically there to help the children. We care about the children. Somebody can program a robot. You take the government ministry and they could be, oh, my word. Last, last week, would it be found out that the government, the government ministry was spying on, 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 on prominent academics who were criticizing the government? You were about to put technology into our classroom that could monitor what's going on in your classroom you know is that something that we again when you put it that way is that something people would welcome with open arms and then realize that within you know a couple of years down the line they will go what who put this technology in here we've got to be careful whatever we embrace has been well thought through the consequences have been well thought through and people are on board with it in other words we aren't going to be told i'm sorry here's this piece of technology you're going to use this piece of technology and if you have any problem with that it's it's, it's the trust or our organization's uh, corporate policy by the way and you're right i am putting on my defend yeah, my policies. i am putting on my my warning signals i am being 1984 orwellian um brave new world huxley i i am very very much always on the on the lookout for dystopianism and for mission creep, which is what we're seeing is happening because it's it's there has been far too much untrustness of our profession. We we aren't offsted I mean you imagine if if offsted with the data could turn around and go, oh excuse me, we've just been monitoring your classroom and your classroom is 17% less efficient than you, you see where I'm going because we've seen so many systems where people have used behavior against teachers to say, excuse me, you're not a very good teacher because you have done X amount of exclusions from your class. Same as, you know, data. I'm sorry, your children don't work. You, see, you understand where I'm coming for this? This, this, course, this, yeah, yeah. this is yeah. very, but, but, very but, dangerous but, but, for abuse. Yeah. I, I, of course, yeah. And that and that's why we need good regulation, don't we? I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the kind of point that I was making at the start, but we it's haven't... It's taken four years for an online safety bill to robots It's basically kind of, um, let's, let's, let's put this thing out there, and once it starts running, we'll, 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 see, we'll see how it goes. And that's kind of the way things have gone over the last, you know, five years, haven't they? And, we, you know, we've, we've talked about another example is like vaping, for example. You know, let, let's put, there's this product out there, um, let's everyone go for it, and then we'll we'll try and um, put some regulation. Close the door when the horse is bolted, and and fix the problem. Yeah. That we could that, 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 that's, that's just the problem with when you've got you know I don't know I don't know what the issue is. Short termism in policymakers, um, um, people not having that kind of um, you know wider thought. Maybe that's that that's that thing is just not there anymore of how do we do this kind of big cathedral thinking? How do we do these big, 
big projects and big thinking and put and kind of pull everyone together. I, I don't know if you know this is really big now. I'm I'm not I'm not sure sometimes whether we've even got the systems in place to actually do that anymore. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter kind of what we're talking about. And I, I don't think it's a particularly a political party uh, thing. I don't no. you see. It, it's a kind of it's it's, it's society now. It, it, it's out there. We can't invent it. We've got to roll with it. But I think we need to be mindful that what we're asking, what we're putting into the classroom. I put. I'd rather how much that that system might have cost. A good teaching assistant would would actually cost a lot less. And would would, would you know tell me what a good teaching assistant can do for children? Absolutely amazing. And there yeah. is the problem. We can't recruit teaching assistants. But here is. Here is my issue of, I mean, if we're going to start to see things like your Oak Academies and you start to see online learning, you start to do, I get what I'm coming at is, are we being undermined by the technology? Are we being devalued? Are we being slowly phased out? And, and is it natural? Is it something we cannot fight the same way as, you know, there's going to be automation in the transport industry? Same way there's going to be automation. And it's, it's Tom's point earlier on, Lucy's point actually, and then Tom agreed, is that you know we will definitely see changes in law. We will definitely see changes in other sectors, and maybe we're one of the sectors that might hold out a lot longer, and we'll have to evolve for it. But the very thing that is we, we would be embracing and using could be the very thing that will eventually replace us. Yeah, yeah, but the, but there's always that danger with everything. We've just got uh, Paul Foster's. Uh put a couple of comments on Brent. So yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Paul's actually doing, I think, which is the assistance end. And I think um, yeah. Paul is right. And I think that's the where we're at at the moment. If he, you know, he's got a class. Um, uh, sorry, yes, he's suggesting he needs AI resources to help the paperwork and, and the bureaucracy and to sort out that side of the teaching job. Agree, absolutely, completely at the moment, I find, um, using himself, the AI to produce exam questions, to help with revision. Yeah. So I've literally just as I listened to you, I've got, I'm just doing some work for tomorrow as well. I've got, I just want to get some kind of quick kind of three mark questions done. You know, and I've, I, you know, you know I've, I've been able to generate like five or six quickly um, that, I, that I can quickly go into the classroom tomorrow and use them as a starter. Um, so that's fantastic. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. I would never have been able to do that uh, in the past. So that's going to have a massive benefit to my children tomorrow morning, isn't it? Um, that their teachers come in with five or six questions locked and loaded. That there'd be no way that I could have generated that previously, after coming back off parents' even anyway. It's Hello? right there. I was I Sorry, I just, I, yeah, just we just went kind of quiet. Oh, he's gone quiet. Maybe yeah. I mean I don't know if he's finally run out of steam, Brent. <laughs> he might have just calmed oh. down. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows what happened? <laughs> no, I'm here. Sorry, I just I oh, accidentally no, no, put no. the mic off. Oh. It's all right. I just ran. I suddenly thought you just sort of yeah. So you thought you'd run out of batteries. Ah uh, no, stuck, stuck another charge in. Um, how about this then? Watch this one. And this is this is this is my um <laughs> this is a nice penny sense is going even more now. So and we're already in the United States of America, so you can see where they're going with this. You can probably guess what direction this is gonna go. So a number of US schools are testing AI equipped security robots designed to roam the campus around the clock looking for unwanted visitors. 
School safety and ongoing concern for staff and students and parents with mass shootings and extreme end things to be worried about. So Santa Fe High School in New Mexico is one of the first to pilot an autonomous robot in the Albuquerque-based First Technologies um, company. The five-foot, um, 400-pound robot, 400 pounds is, is absolutely massive. Uh, that's uh, a little bit 30 stone, isn't it? And um, moves along in wheels and uses a camera at the top of the mask and a 300-degree video to the school security team. Constantly in the lookout, it uses AI to learn the school various characteristics. Hope it can catch the vapors, including layout patterns of activities. So this this is a you know a watchdog AI which gets the school layout, knows how the school works, and can identify individuals. And this is what I'm saying about facial recognition and identifying individuals. And how would it know it's an unwanted visitor? The robot can recognize aggressive or unusual behavior. <laughs> Good look at that in the school and move towards the perceived intruder, letting them know that they're being observed by buying time for security to respond. While some have concerns about privacy, the robot doesn't have any facial recognition capabilities yet, and the current pilot program uh, can be upgraded. Um, it is responsible for handling and capturing footage, and therefore it decides how to sort. So the school itself will have the footage and records of the footage. A teacher at the school told um, the, the, the reporter that uh, the robot, which he described as a seven-camera dog, could be useful for monitoring isolated parts of the campus that may not receive so much attention from human members of the school security team. And I know that's the United States of America, and they're in a very different place when it comes to their situation with regards to school security. But there you have robots in school patrolling schools. Uh, and again, this is kind of like you feel like you have 30 seconds to comply. What's that? What's that RoboCop? What are you doing? Um, you know, this is where we're at. We're, we're, we're having, you know, AI, AI 400 pound robots patrolling around schools in America. And we know how things work, that things that happen in America start to make their way over here. Um, and again, I just put that out there. How do we feel about that? Is that, a, again, some could say it's a positive, it's more security? Or are we, are we in that world where we're going to have drones and we're going to have that level of technology, again, monitoring us or keeping us safe? So it's, it's that aspect of, is it keeping us safe or is it part of the monitoring? Or what is wrong with having, you know, your, you know, your, your American high school, you know, security guard just walking around with a, you know, a set of keys? I just I just thought that was interesting to see how AI could be used in school, but we are we due for security AI security robots roaming the halls? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? You know, I sensed your vaping to the child. You take it twenty five years down the line. Hard up schools might employ you know robots to basically be the disciplinarians. You know, and and much like you see in China with the facial recognition thing, it can tell when somebody's been naughty. You can imagine that in the classroom one. You have smirked behind the teacher's back. I, I can see a 17% elevation in your pupil dilation. Please refrain from making a smart comment. I mean, you see where I'm going with this? We could have robots controlling our behavior. Lucy. Um, I just sort of, I think you've just described an entire plot to uh, a new Black Mirror episode. So maybe that's, uh, I mean, it does seem like a lot of these, I don't know if you've ever watched it. But, oh, no, uh, Black Mirror. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, last series was a little disappointing, bar a couple, but the earlier episodes, I think, I feel like a lot of them are sort of coming to fruition now. Um, I mean, I hope we never need robots patrolling our our corridors, and it's one of the reasons I would, I uh, would never teach in the U.S. I mean, the idea that kind of I'd open my desk drawer and have oh, blue tack, sweets, gun, no, thank you. Well, that was actually one of the proposals after one of the school shootings. It was, was yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. we need to arm the teachers. Well, you know, uh, do your homework. Why? Uh, well, me and Mr. Desert Eagle 5.0. <laughs> we 
come on. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I just, no, it just it's one of those things where I just there is no world that I, I inhabit. I, I would. I know you talked about wanting to get off the rock earlier. That was when I want to kind of check out, check off the rock. Thank you. I'm done. Well, but you'd have to carry it. But you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to even. You know, you think about it, we moved away from a world where we caning children physically to then a world to stop school shootings where you're 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 asking That's teachers a wild to carry thought, guns. isn't it? Yeah. But then a world where you're having to employ robots to patrol school grounds. And again, w- but the thing is, would people see that as a novelty? Would they accept that? That's my, you know, that's my thing is, would that uh, become the norm that we'd have robots patrolling the school grounds? And then you would have, like, your, your, your head of year would have, like, the discipline report of the robot has caught 17 kids vaping, the robot has caught this, that. The, you, you know, is, is this where we're heading towards? Because oh, that is what's happening in some of the, that is literally what's happening in countries like China, where their facial recognition software is predicting crime. It's it's is like it minority for jaywalking. Report. I heard there's one for so if you're caught, yeah, crossing the road where you shouldn't be, that there's now tech in China. I don't know if you told me this or if they were having me on or not, but uh, yeah, apparently. But could you Don't imagine I... a hypothetical government in the future who's, who likes the headlines, we have sorted out school discipline, we have installed school discipline robots which have decreased the number of crime in schools by 17%. That's, see where I'm going with this? This is open yeah. for someone going, to come you're along. You're going very dark here. I feel like we're at, at four minutes to nine that maybe we should, <laughs> before I start to have nightmares. And I well, you may, may, maybe the old Brent power down and we had a dark Brent power up. Yeah. I was also yeah. <gasps> Maybe it really is Black Mirror happening in this very moment in time. Well, Maybe she, I should she, just write that she got down as well. Pardon? Yeah. Say thank you to our sponsors before we. Oh yes, please. Before we yes, go, please. would you like to do our life? Well, I, I haven't got. I can't access the uh, thing. Sorry, so I can't. Well, I'll do one more positive. I'll end, I'll end on a positive, which backs yeah, up what Paul, Paul was saying, and I'll, I'll bring myself back to the to the, the light side of the force. I've gone into the, the into the Sith end of things. So, one or three teachers use AI to help with schoolwork. So, polling by Teacher Tap has found that the portion of teachers who reported using AI tools to help in the work has risen to thirty five percent, according to a recent survey of over nine thousand teachers leaders. An increase in April, which is just seventeen percent reported to doing so. So that is in less than six months, you know, it's doubling of the amount of people starting to use AI to insist in their help in their jobs. 44% of male staff reported using AI compared to 31% of female staff. Younger staff were also more likely to use it, with two in five teachers in their 20s reporting using AI compared to 26% of those age 50 plus. So reported users included lesson planning, creating resources, writing reports, uh, responding to parent emails, as well as writing UCAS references and job adverts. So the Department of, the Envi- uh, Department of Education has commissioned a project to explore whether AI could be used for marketing and feedback, which actually I saw something great on da- Dragon's Den about that recently. There was a really good um, Dragon's Den, if you watched that, where a guy had a, a quality marketing product that he was coming up with. The aim of better understanding and testing for possible uses. Ministers reported intend to publish the findings of the project in spring. So that would be spring in two years' time, not spring next year. So that's showing that our number of people using AI, particularly in the classroom, and the number of teachers embracing it is increasing, which backs up what you're suggesting, Adam, that whether I like it or whether I don't, this is going to happen. Um, I suppose what I'm saying is we just got to make sure that we don't, uh, you know, don't let the chicken in, the, the, the head, uh, don't let the fox in the hen house and, and open the door to technology that could <laughs> somehow replace us. You know, so that's my sort of, that was my spiel tonight of just making sure that, I, 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 there's a side to it I, it does worry me, and I, and I don't, I hate when I'm right about these things in the future, but I just don't want to 
feel that we are embracing a technology that can be used against us, so to speak. Well, yeah. hopefully not. But um, we are going to have to wrap up in a moment. Oh, afraid, let me just friend. do our sponsor and wrap up. So very quickly, I'll, I'll, I'll do my as fast as possible. So. Our sponsor is ADAPT, teachers rewarding profession that comes with the first share of challenges. That's where ADAPT comes in. They're not your typical trade union, but instead a modern apolitical alternative and an expert legal device. ADAPT provides teachers with support staff and casework and education. I'm sorry, have I pressed time speech? Did someone press the double time button? Yeah, that was on bread. I can be that guy at the end of the ad goes like, Our team supports subscribers individually with integrity, consistency, and confidentiality. But like a unit, but different. They give advice on allegations, disciplinaries, grievances, suspensions, employment contracts, paying conditions, work hours, sick pay, leave, maternity, paternity, and more. They're available from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday and respond to your within two hours. They only use qualified professional caseworkers who are expert in legal education. You'll find them at edap.org.uk. And thank you. You will come, you will come again. There you go. Um, in English with gaps, please. No, if you want to hear that sponsorship <laughs> message, you might need to slow down that part of the uh, podcast uh, to uh, 0.5 time. But uh, Adam Brent, thank you so, so much, as always, for a uh, valiant effort and uh, for keeping going for, for an hour and a half. And Adam, for fighting your way back from a parents' evening. Absolutely solid effort. Right sure. now, we have got La Prof starting over on Podbean. Uh, so I think uh, continuing with the Irish Massive, um, they are kicking off over there. So do go and join them. I did find out what he was talking about and I now can't find it, but um, I'm sure it'll be very interesting. And just finally, the poll on AI leads, only 9% of, of people who voted, so it's just shy of 100 at the moment, uh, have got an AI lead at the moment. 72% uh, no and 19% still don't have a clue what we're talking about. So the prop is fun. talking about the latest research about children growing up online. So that's actually so, backing up. The theme. Yep, there we go. Fabulous. So he will just be getting started over on Podbean. And you two are back next week, yes? Back next week. And we're going to do a special next week uh, about, we want to have a look at the, the recent findings about the, the white working class boys in particular, what is going on with different groups in, in British society. Why are... Chinese and Asian students doing so well and why are we seeing such a disconnect with certain communities so we're going to try and explore that one I think that's going to be a, going to need a bit of an input from from all different forces we'll try and get some good guests on that I know she was interested in coming in on that one Looking... I think that's a big one isn't it that's a really yeah deep question to that one yeah well great stuff and uh yeah we will uh hear from you soon good night good night You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.